check out the new series called Origins. Origins. Here, here's the definition of, of, of origins. It says this, the rise, beginning, the point at which something begins, the place or moment where something begins to exist. Uh, we see this a lot, origin stories about superheroes. And they've kind of grown to fame, rose to fame, uh, popularity over the past few years. You had the origin story, you had uh, the amazing Spider-Man, Batman Begins, Captain Marvel, one of my favorites, Joker. Uh, man, this is incredible news. I don't care if it's right now. And then the newest one that's getting ready to come out, Cruella. Which tells how Cruella DeVille came to be who she is. See, what they basically do, what these are, is telling us the backstory. How did they become who they were? What was in play on that? And here's the thing not only superheroes or supervillains have origin stories. Everyone in this room, everyone watching online, has an origin story. And here's what I mean. Events that happen in your life, things that happen to you, things you did, words that were spoken into you, words that were spoken over you, all those things culminated to make you who you are today. Because things stick to us. Are you hearing me? Now, I'm convinced of this. No one is born a racist. Listen, uh, uh, you, you weren't born untrusting, you weren't born cynical, you weren't born feeling unimportant or unloved. Slowly become the identity of the label that was attached to you. Are you hearing me? And, and now, well, uh, a few years ago, a couple of years back, uh, I read about what was called the shame culture. The shame culture. Now you realize guilt and shame are not the same. Because of something you did, something done to you, or something associated with you. Louis, Louis Smith said this about shame. Man, help me out. Shame is a feeling of heaviness that hovers over a person. It's the feeling that we do not measure up and that maybe we never will measure up to the person we ought to be and the person we were meant to be. He goes on to say this. It is not necessarily about the bad things we did or bad things we said. It's about who we are. It's toxic. It tells us day in and day out that we are unworthy and we are unloved. Here's what it does. doesn't matter how good you were at one time. doesn't matter what you've done. Shame tells you, no, no, no. This is who you are. Well, then, COVID, pre-COVID and all this, we were... Because uh, I had a full ride uh, to leave college on music, and and so I went over there. while I was in, I, I was uh, a semester in until they realized this kid doesn't have his diploma, and they made me go get my GED. <laughs> so, but even then, the only thing, the, the, I promise to God, this is true. The only thing I passed my semester at Lee College was racquetball. <laughs> now that's your pastor. He was formal at English, science, math, but men didn't play racquetball. <laughs> I know what class I want to get up for. But we get labels. 
us, man. We get language. See, see this right here, it represents the core. Who God created us to be. Who God created us to be. At the core, this is our origin. And it doesn't take you long in life to start having labels attached to you. I mean, you got your people with a master's degree. You've got your high school dropouts. You've got people that didn't even make it through grade school because of different situations. And then you've got these little labels that are giving attaching. Uh, let's see, Barbara Pepper, businessman, businesswoman. Stay-at-home mom. We're going to stay-at-home mom and dad's house. Come on, I'd be proud of that. Good Lord. Y'all just start to raise. If I had to stay at home with my kids one day, I would be in jail and not choke. <laughs> Some of y'all say, is it kid one day? I'm not sure. What about this one? I'm the boy. Oh, they're a plumber. Don't sit alive and start to see this thing. Tax is miserable. Most likely to see that. 
We're not going to admit it if they are, because everybody in this room doesn't like you anyway. <laughs> oh, we got it. Most likely to succeed. That was attached to us. And then we work proudly until 10 years down the road. We don't know what uh, best dress. Come on now. I would have worn. I would have worn that several times. Come on now. <laughs> I've been told too many times that I look fine, like look like a pastor. I said, I'm going to change. <laughs> best dress. What else we got? Class clown. <laughs> Biggest flirt. Nobody's going on with that. <laughs> what was the... Call them out. Most likely to turn on your friends. <laughs> what was the most superlative? Come on. Most outgoing. Oh, what was yours? Artistic. What's the most we got? Most athletic. Most athletic. I won that ten times in a row. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, that's a good one. Who got that? Who? Come on. Who? Who got? It? You got most popular. I was shrinking the seat too. <laughs> Probably more principal like you on. And those are the ones that were less than a year ago. The problem was growing up in high school, middle school, whatever, people had their own superlatives for us. Most likely to never leave this town. Most likely to never do anything significant with their life. Most likely to be pregnant before they graduate high school. Most likely to spend their life on food stamps and welfare. What else? We've got those papers found. And as we go through life, we're getting more like white, black, half green. Get these labels put on poor, wealthy. We wear these labels. To get labeled so much that those things, even even though it's living in the intended origin of who God meant us to be, it's getting so filled up with labels that everybody else has told us who we are. And the problem is, we've heard them so long, and we believe that this is who we are. It's who we are. We won't mind divorce. And death. Autistic. OCD. Just like a father and mother. You get these things like labeled upon us. Mm -hmm. It's that thing, man. They label us so much. 
we believe, well, that's what they say I am. That must be who I am. I, the porn. So the thing is, the labels, once they get to us, they labels will stick to you. Are you hearing me? Come on, anybody got one of our old Watts Bar Church stickers on the back of their car? <laughs> Try getting that off. <laughs> they have a way to see. Let, let, let's try something real quick. I'm going to say the first part of someone's name, and you tell me the second part. Because they wrote their labels that get, that get stuck with it. Uh, Winnie the... Awesome, uh, let's see. Billy the... Attila... Conan... The Barbarian. SpongeBob... SquarePants. As a going kid, man, growing up, my dad was one of 12. And growing up with a thousand cousins, <laughs> and then my older brother, and then I had my cousin Dirk, some of you know, lived across the street from us there in Graysville. I got labeled. Uh, apparently, when I was little, I was old enough to walk, but my diaper continuously sagged, so I got the name Diaper Man. <laughs> that was, I couldn't tell you how long ago, I still would go to family reunion and one of my aunts, oh, do you remember when Chris and, and Dirk used to call you Diaper Man? Here comes Diaper Man. I was like, no, listen, it's been five years since I've been in Diaper Man. <laughs> and pose it in where I may have to wear them again, so leave me. <laughs> Some of y'all love that. Too, too close to home. But, but I, I got Diaper Man, then I, and then another name, uh, Hot Headed. That camera just got Oh, one I hate. Hold on, sir. It's a crib. What are some of the labels that have been placed inside of you? I mean, what are they? Average? Um, Undependable, adrenaline junkie. Oh, here's one. Addicted to their phone. Lesbian. Bye. Come on. What are the labels? Simmons. Now Chauvin's cheater. It's labels. They just keep piling that up and covering up and we're intended to be opinionated, skeptic, agnostic, depending on the day. Here's the thing about whatever label been placed on you. God's truth is bigger than your label. Amen. That's good news. God's truth is bigger than any label that has been placed upon you and put in you. And those of you that would say, well, Kelly, here's the problem with my label. It's actually true about me. I did those things. I am that person.
person, then here's what you need to hear. God's truth is bigger than your current truth in your life. What God says is true about you is bigger than what you're doing right now. He's just waiting. He's waiting for you. You are one decision away, guys, from changing the trajectory of your When God sets you free, man, when you come to Jesus, here, here's what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says. If anyone is in Christ, not in church, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I love what Colossians 3, 10 says. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. His label. His label on it. Let me ask you, when you follow, if you follow these superheroes or you watch them, who, who gives that superhero or villain their special abilities? Who? Whoever wrote it, whoever created it, right? Come on, it's not a trick question. Who gives them the personality? The creator. Well, that being said, now pull, pull, pull up those, 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 uh, that slide of the pictures. <coughs> You might recognize these. What is this one? Yes. You not got any Yeezys? You got one guy got back there? Are you sure they're real? Because they have some expensive shoes. Here's what I know when, when, when Denise and I died, when we went to Thailand a few years ago. You, you go to these markets, you go to that market, they would have all these high dollar. Nike's Adidas, Adidas, I mean these Yeezys, and then if you didn't know what to look for, you would swear those are the real deal. The problem is when you walked away with that, because you know it's such a good price, you knew they weren't the real thing. They knew they weren't the real thing. They had created something that looked like the real thing, it's like their label. Tell me, only the Creator, only the Creator can label something. Make, make, bring up that point. Only the Maker can truly label something. Only, just, only the one that forms you in your mother's womb can tell you this is who you are and, and give you the label and that you were created to be. Some of you have been allowed someone other than your Maker to label you for years. This Easter, I declare it stops. I declare stop because in Christ, in Christ alone, you can find out who you really are, who God created you to believe. And I believe there are three things, and we're going to go through these quickly. I believe there are three things that God wants to do for you this Easter to get you back to your true origin. The first one is this. God wants to give you a new name. A new name. Some of you have been labeled a name and, and, and you've worn that label so long it's become a part of who you are. You, you've been told that you're this until you're convinced, yeah, this is who I am. Can I tell you, God wants to peel off that label and give you a new name. You, you go throughout the Bible, God does it all the time. You got eight, uh, eight. I mean, these are two old people that God came and said, hey, hey. I, I'm going to make you father and mother of nations like we don't have kids and we're old and they haven't invented the little blue pill yet. 
Honestly, Abraham, Abraham's like, God, I'm over. You say, my wife, she's really over. And God does a miracle and changes their name to Abraham and Sarah, meaning father and mother of many nations. He did it with Jacob. I feel like you're not good enough. You're not worthy of that. You're beyond repair. But God wants to give you a new name. Some of you, God wants to give you the new name forgiven. And here's that. And he's patient enough with us when he gives us that new name to help us grow into that new name. Some of you, he wants to give you the new name overcomer. Because you, 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 you said, you've labeled yourself with this. Man, my whole life I've been defeated. My whole life I know that I can't get past this. You, you can never beat this addiction. You never could get past the past of what was done. But today, God wants to give you the new name Overcomer. Some of you, He wants to give you the new name Enough. Because you feel inadequate. You feel like you don't measure up. And God says, no, with me, you are more than enough. But you've been labeled less than. And I believe God said it stops at that. It stops. God, I'm telling you, we get labeled by things we've done in our past. Liar. Thief. No, I know who I'm talking to here, guys. When we get labeled by these things. I mean, and, and, and our whole life is still see because we, it's not that we want to be like this. We just don't really believe there's any other Tell you, you just don't know what I did. Listen to me closely. That may be what you did, but at the core, that is not who you are. Come on. Good word. You may have done it. It may be something you did, but that is not your identity, and that is not who you are. Amen. Amen. I love the teachings 111. It says this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. God's going to give you a new name, and with His power, He's going to help you grow in that name. The second thing God wants to give you today is this. God wants to give you a new purpose. A new purpose. Think about Simon Peter. He could have easily been labeled unpredictable, undependable, unloyal. Jesus comes across Simon's like, hey, you've been a fisherman your whole life. How about trying something new? Follow me. Come fish for men. Simon begins to follow Jesus. One day we're sitting around having this conversation, and Jesus is like, hey, guys, what, what do other people out there say? Who do they say that I am? They, they start, oh, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're the Elijah. Uh, others say you're one of these other prophets. Jesus says, okay, that's good. Who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah, son of a living God. And here's what Jesus says back to Simon. He says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that now, what wait, started out Simon Blessed are you, Simon. This I tell you that you are now Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. God says, hey, in one fatal swoop, Simon, your name means swell. Man, you can be swayed. Your name means like a reed blowing in the wind. Whatever 
the direction the wind blows, that's where you're going. Not after today. You're a rock. You're a rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Amen. He's a guy. He pulled that out. He said, let me give you a new name. You are now rock. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Still got all the other jack color in there. Oh. Still got a berry. Here's the truth about that. Peter had done nothing to deserve his name change. Nothing warranted him getting a name change. He hadn't showed any sign that, look, Peter, man, he's a rock. In fact, after his name changed, after Jesus said, here, let me give you a new name. Peter went on to deny Christ three times. Peter abandoned Christ in his most needed time. And then Peter decided, you know what, forget it, I'm just going back to my own life. Does anything about that string rock? Sounds like he's Simon to me, right? Swaying back and forth, doing whatever. I'm telling you guys, here's the thing. While we can't see it, while you can't make it out from there because of all the other stuff in there, God's been seeing us things that nobody else can see. Because God knows what He puts inside of us. It's just all this stuff. All the other ladies. He said, I'm going to give you a new thing. Peter, I'm also going to give you a new purpose. After Peter walked away, they went back to his old life. Then this scene happened in the Bible where Jesus is on shore. They're out fishing. These had to be the worst fishermen in the world. Because every time we meet them, they've not caught anything all night. <laughs> and so we think, man, how terrible they're going to walk away from their business. Maybe their business was about to go bankrupt because they couldn't catch fish. And they're like, I'm going with Jesus. What else have I got? So, put this in this I'll ponder that. They go back and Jesus is on the shore. Hey, guys. Call him, they nod and call him, they throw your nets on the other side. Man, they throw the nets. Man, of course, here they, 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 they catch the mother load. And, and, and John says, Peter, it's, it's Jesus. But Peter jumps out of the boat, take, you know, swims in into the shore to meet Jesus. And then they sit down and eating the fish. And Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And go and do the very thing I created. Go about the new purpose that I've given you. See, nothing said when, when, when he got the new name Peter, nothing screamed rock, nothing said, man, he's loyal. None of that, but Jesus saw and Peter what nobody else saw. And then after this happened, man, after the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up in the town square and boldly proclaimed the gospel of Christ. And they saw 3,000 people come to Christ that day and the New Testament church was started. So although he didn't start out, as, a, as Peter, he grew into it with the patience of God. Come on. And you may not start out where you think.
God with his patience, you will grow into the man, grow into the woman that God created you. Third thing God wants to give you. God wants to give you a new future. I told you, man, I was late to die with a man, hot-headed, and forced. Since I grew older, hypocrite, failure, average, inadequate. You know, I moved back home from California with so many labels attached to me that honestly I didn't know who I was. Because I've been told I was a failure. Because my dad was, mom were preachers and pastors. And in the church of God that we were part of, if you ever went through the divorce, you could count your ministry days over with. So I come back a failure. Failed my mom. Failed the ministry. Failed God. And it was right back there, probably about where Chris, you're sitting back there. The last night of the seven week revival, flew in. I got here two nights before it ended. Last night God met me back there. And God gave me a new name. God gave me a new purpose. God gave me a new future. Here's the thing. That was 30 plus years ago. I'm still growing into that new thing. There are days I'm a male. I mean, I, I'm like, whoa! Man, I was a good Christian today. <laughs> and there are days. words that were spoken over you or into you or things done to you to tell you who you are today. Don't allow a label placed on you by a parent, a boss, a co-worker, a judge, a friend, an ex-spouse, a boss. Don't allow some words they spoke over you to define who you are today. I felt the need to put this in this one I'm studying in. And God got me up super early this morning for some reason. I really do not like when he does that. Uh, so I just came over to church. I really felt the need to put this as I'm going on the notes. God wants to kill the label of victim off some people today. I don't deny something happened to you. I don't deny something that's done to you. I don't deny that maybe you didn't grow up with the best situation or with opportunities others have. But here's what I am saying. You've been wearing that victim label way too long. It's time to kill it off, man up, and see who God wants you to be. Yeah. Don't allow those things. What was done to me? 
because as long as you allow what was done to you to define you, you will be a victim because that thing that was done to you is holding you prisoner. I almost to give you a new name, a new identity, a new future. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and hope. And Lord, we stop right there. But the next verses, I think, are so full of promises. It says this, in those days, when you pray, I'm going to listen. When you look for me wholeheartedly, you're going to find me. I'll be found by you. And I will end your captivity. And I will restore you. Yeah. I apologize for running a little late. But you hear me? I believe God's about to do something. Keller, what do you mean, captivity? That, that, that he wants to end my captivity. I'm not a captive. Yes, you've been held captive by the labels you've been wearing for years. And God says, I want to restore you. I want to tear those labels off of you and get you back to who you were meant to be. Yes. Captivity. I'll give you a captive to the I am labels place on yourself. See, you may have picked up an iron state when you come in. The truth is, you pick up a pen and write one on your heart every day. Yeah. I'll never have a good marriage. Well, I guess I'm going on my third, fourth divorce. It's just the way it is. I'm always going to be unhealthy. I'm always going to be overweight. I'm, I'm always I, I'm never going to be able to get together. I watch my mom and dad deal with weight and health issues. This is just running to the family. I'm always going to be an addict. I'm just predispositioned to be an addict. What is your I am you've been riding on your heart? Long before you ever picked up the card for that. Because I'm telling you this, whatever it is, God can change that narrative of your story and give you a new I am statement of yourself. One of the labels Maybe it is overweight. Maybe it is lazy. Maybe it is overbearing. Over all 
ablaze that have been given to us. And we begin to fill ourselves with Him more and more every week. Yes, as a husband, as a father, 